0: Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And uh, as, as Jeff said earlier, I'm Brian Hanks. I'm one of your elders from the Antioch campus of Blue Valley Baptist. And um, I don't know, for me, that's really uh, that's really one and the same. Um, it's just a slightly different address. So um just so grateful to be here this morning and um, dive into the word for a little bit. So when I was growing up, I always traveled with family. We had one of those situations where Never spent Christmas morning at home. I was always on the road to central Kansas for um, the different family stops. So I just have no memory of waking up at home on Christmas morning. Um, similarly, uh, being in my home church for Christmas Eve service. So for that reason, uh, one of the traditions that Aaron, my wife, and I started was to make sure we were here at home for Christmas morning. Every single morning, we've done that with our kids really for you know, as long as we've had our own family together. And, you know, this morning is really doubly special because it's Sunday and um, I get to be home and I get to worship in my home church on Christmas morning. It's a rare thing. I think um, we're maybe another seven or so years out before this happens again. And I'm, I'm really glad to be here to worship with my church family on the Ridgeview campus. So today we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And yesterday, as Jeff Allen mentioned, was the culmination of that, um, at least the Advent season, with the lighting of the Christ candle on Christmas Eve. And if you've been here throughout the Advent season at Blue Valley on on either campus, um, you would have known that the, uh, the theme has been veiled in the flesh. And we've been examining this concept alongside each of the Advent themes from week to week of hope, peace, joy, and love. And now that we're arrived at Christmas, Um, we get to look forward and consider uh, what has been unveiled through Jesus's completed work and what will be unveiled in the future. So we're going to look briefly at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 this morning. So we're not going to stand and read the whole passage. I'll go through verse by verse as we we talk about it. But please do turn in your copy of God's Word to Hebrews chapter 1. Again, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 4. So... Verse 1 says, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. So scripture says here that before the birth of Christ, um, God did not speak directly to his people, so to speak. Uh, he, he spoke through prophets. Those prophets had access to God and were his mouthpiece to the people. The books of the Old Testament are filled with these accounts. And sometimes the prophets spoke message of, messages of instruction to his people Sometimes um, calls to repent, but there was always an intermediary between man and God. And the reason for that was because of, one, our sin, and um, two, God's holiness. And God's future relationship with his people was veiled in prophecy, uh, just as his people were separated from him in the veil of the temple. Um, But in verse 2 and verse 3, we learn that, um, but in these days... He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for his sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So the original recipients of verse 2 were in the first century, of course, and just like us... um, There in the last days, where the word has become flesh, God's work has been completed through his son. What God spoke about in the prophecy of the Old Testament has come to earth as the man, Jesus. So as opposed to many times and many ways that verse 1 talks about, God has now spoken in a single way through Christ, uh, which we see throughout the New Testament. The author of Hebrews discusses in the rest of verses 2 and verse 3 the magnitude of Jesus' greatness. He was more than a man, he's fully God, and is equal to the Father, as heir of all things. He was present from before the creation and has a vital role in upholding the creation. And we also see here that um, after the purification for his sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Uh, His work is complete through what we no happened at Easter through his death, burial, and resurrection. And he's now seated on high with God. So that is who we celebrate at Christmas, not just the coming of a newborn baby. And um, my wife, Erin, um, and really by extension our family, we collect nativity scenes. Uh, some people have Christmas tree us, some people have, you know, multiple ornament trees. Um, we do nativity scenes, and we try to add one to the collection each year. Um, We like to get them from different artisans from around the world, usually through missionary organizations. So they're each unique in their material and their style. Um, We just love to see the representations of the nativity through the different artistic and cultural expressions um, that each artisan provides. Um, So we have them made of clay, we have them made of olive wood, um, ceramic, you know, all sorts of different Materials, But the one thing that's in common is um, the smallest character or object in that nativity um, is always the infant Jesus. In fact, we have a few where you just almost have to look under all the material, you know, where is he? He's always at the center, but um, that infant Jesus is always the smallest character in that nativity scene. And, of course, we do that because he's a baby. Maybe, you know, the additional symbolism is to represent his full humanity um, as well as his full godhood that's necessary for our salvation. Um, but one thing that stood out to me as I was kind of looking over the uh, the shelf where we have all those this year is that that smallest object in our nativity is um, simultaneously the most powerful being in the universe um, through whom God meant to bring about our salvation. And... Um, that was uh, kind of a new reflection on the nativity that I had not considered um, as, as much in years past, so verse four um, goes into now that, that jesus 's work is complete, uh, he reigns in heaven as we wait for his return, um, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is most is more excellent than theirs. so we have songs at Christmas about angels and singing, and they 're all singing at the praise of Jesus. Um, I think about the uh, the chorus of angels singing, the radiance of his glory that was mentioned in verse 3. And um, just think about all the beautiful ways that we decorate for Christmas. We have our, our sanctuary here decorated. Um, we have our homes, neighborhoods. Um, we have a tradition of Christmas light night uh, that we try to, try to do every year where we you know, just go and find the neighborhoods that have the brightest lights. And, of course, that's, a, that's an activity that we do at night. And um, I just think how that is... You know, Maybe a glimpse of the beauty and shining light of Jesus in our dark world. That's something that we have to do at night because it doesn't shine brightly during the day. Um, and verse 4 also says that, that Jesus is above the angels. Those angels, those choruses of angels that we see in the account in the book of Luke. Um, his name is greater than theirs. Um, we have those, those, those accounts where choirs of angels are there to worship him. Again, we have songs And um, some of the names that he has given are Emmanuel, one that we hear at Christmas, incarnate word um, from John 1, light of the world, Lord of lords, king of kings, savior, redeemer, most high, alpha, omega. And um, Philippians chapter 2 verse 10 says, therefore God has highly exalted him, being Jesus, And bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. So that is the name Jesus has been given. He is the one we worship at Christmas. um, The savior that we've been anticipating during the Advent season. And the completed work that we celebrate that gives us hope as we go beyond Christmas. So through this, God has revealed himself to all people. And salvation is available to all who repent of their sins and call on his name. so for many of us in the room, this gives us cause to rejoice today for others, um, you may not have taken this step. Um, you may not know why you're up at ten o'clock on a Christmas morning on a cold day to be here with your family um, or it just may be something that in your in your faith journey you haven't um, haven't made that decision, uh, but Jesus his salvation, the whole reason we celebrate Christmas is, uh, is available to everyone. And my prayer today is that if that's you, you would seek salvation and hope in him. And I would be glad to talk to you after the service, as would our elders, as would you know, your family members or any other church member. So I would just encourage you to consider who Christ is to you and who we are celebrating this morning.